Hey, I'm Gretchen Bridgers of the Always a Lessons Empowering Educators podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, listeners, we're glad to have you back on Get Inspired and Innovate this morning. Uh, today, we're going to talk about global pen pals. Uh, Stephanie, I know you're used to uh, working with everybody across the globe, and uh, we've got friends everywhere. Uh, but what, what difference has this made in, in your uh, coaching for us when you're going out and teaching others? Because now we kind of have a global perspective of, of what's going on. Yeah, so now that we have uh, global friendships or pen pals, it has kind of changed my thinking about education. Um, I mean, I'll talk to Abel, and he's in the UK, and he'll talk about different ways that the IT infrastructure works, and I don't understand any of that. And so he breaks it down for me into a way that I can be like, oh, that makes sense, or we have a problem pop up in our district and then I can go email him like a pen pal and write him a cute little letter and talk about like these different issues that we're seeing with our infrastructure, because it's so nice to have another set of eyes or different perspective on the way things are. Um, I think also we have a couple friends um, like Mel and the people that we met in Sydney and New Zealand and just like their thinking on education is really interesting because when I was talking about my Google Innovator project of DOK and death of knowledge, they were like, I don't even know what that is because they don't, they don't cover that in their part, but they're all about John Hattie. Uh, So when I would talk about visible thinking or visible learning, they were all about that because they, they understood that that's where they came from. And so I was able to learn more from them and they were able to learn more from me just because of the different knowledge we have in education and the different strategies that we might use. Lance, what about you? Yeah, so, you know, working kind of like you said with, with our friends over there, I, I've stayed real uh, real close in contact with Mel, especially since he's over in Macau, China, uh, because I'm trying to keep up with the trends of what they're seeing happening with COVID um, and things there because that's kind of where – everything started at or where we started seeing things happen at and they're kind of on the forefront of that so hopefully they're on the tail end of COVID now and hopefully we are too but it's it's helped us to make decisions here in our school district based on what we're seeing happening over there um, but you know I work for a virtual school also I've uh, worked with uh, face-to-face schools and virtual school um, so you know, really starting to talk and, and figure out synchronous and asynchronous learning uh, with with our virtual school has been important because we need both. Uh, we have students that, that need teachers there to guide them and walk them through the learning every day. And we also need the flexibility for, for students who can't be on that live Zoom right at that time. So we've had to come up with creative ways, I feel like, to engage the students in the learning everywhere. You know, whether you're live with us right now, you know, a, a Google form to get data back right now is live and great. But then what about those students that are asynchronous and we need them to be able to engage and interact with that. So we've had to come up with creative ways to be able to do that too. And of course, there's a lot of companies and tools that have came out um, since the pandemic has happened, that's helped us with that. Yeah, definitely. The pandemic, I feel like, brought 
a bigger global audience. People were just sharing everything they had in their drive on social media. And it was super nice just to go, how is this teacher implementing hybrid learning? What, what checklist, how are they communicating with their students? What, how are they communicating those learning outcomes? And COVID really did, I think, amplify that. And I'm hoping it stays. Um, but I would love to have our guests on to hear some more insight about these global pen pals. Yeah, so we've got our friend on today joining us from Maryland, uh, Miss uh, Lisa Scopion, uh, Scopiero. Sorry about that. I'm sure I butchered it. Uh, she is a digital integration specialist there. She has her level one, level two uh, Google certified teacher. She's a trainer and she's a coach there. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So as, as you're out working with your teachers, I know the, the whole coaching program, you're working with teachers one-on-one all the time, and then you're out training, training teachers and stuff too. How are, how are you able to kind of use this global perspective that you've got now uh, to help them, you know, engage learners in multiple different ways? So whenever I started this, I was a teacher and we were working together. I was working with Anthony Peters and he was in South Africa. And this really came up uh, whenever the pandemic hit. He reached out to me and said, we're doing some sort of global conference here um, in uh, South Africa. I'm in the UK now and they want us to present what we did. And I started thinking about it and I was like, this is something that is very important for people to see because we did it asynchronously. And a lot of people were working from home in their kitchens and their living rooms, teaching, and having to get those kids engaged still. And this is one way to do it. I also presented this at uh, Common Ground in Maryland, just so that they could see um, the connections and maybe make those connections between the UK, South Africa, whomever else was, uh, whomever else were listening at the time. And the big thing that we found is the engagement. you can choose any sort of platform, but if you can find people and uh, the resources that I'm going to leave there for you guys to look at, um, we do have, like, you could go to Flipgrid. They have Grid Pals. Um, that's a really great resource at the top, and a lot of people don't really go to it, but those are like virtual pen pals. Um, I remember I was so excited to get a letter from um, a Chinese girl that I wrote to whenever I was in like fourth grade, and she wrote back to me, and that was huge for me because it was from another part of the country, and I think it made me want to write more um, just because it gave me authentic audience, and that's what we really um, need for kids to see, even if it's, you start small. Um, Some people are afraid to go, you know, to South Africa and start working with somebody. But if you're in your building and you have a teacher down the hall and you're teaching the same thing, why not have your students interact in some way? Get onto a Google Doc and start to collaborate. Get onto a Jamboard and then build it out to, I'm going to go to another state. Then I might go to another country um, and have that uh, feeling that you can have those authentic audiences for your students. You know, one thing that you said there and it just kind of brought to my attention was I feel like a lot of times in teaching, we get in silos a lot uh, that here's my classroom and it's got to stay 
right here inside this classroom. When, you know, I, I'm a math teacher, so unless the laws of the universe changes, I don't think math's going to change. Um, but, you know, Singapore math, of course, they teach it a little different. In China, they teach it a little different, but it's all math. Uh, so can my students learn from what they're doing in different places? I, I think they can. Uh, but I think that we sometimes hamper kids learning because it's one way or one vision. And, and let's face it, as a math teacher, I taught, I usually teach it primarily the way that I was taught. That's not the only way to do it, but that's the way I was taught and that's the way I show my students. So what I try to do when, when I'm doing that is, of course, use videos from everywhere, Math Annex, Khan Academy, to show different ways to, to do it. But like you're saying here, we can pull in global audiences because you know, how they're doing in China, Singapore, wherever else. They, my students can watch that and learn from it. Yeah, so I just had a, a book study that I did with some teachers, and we read uh, Casey Bell's Blended uh, Learning with Google. And one of the pre-K teachers, she is now working with another pre-K teacher down the hallway. They cannot interact with each other on the uh, playground, but they wave to each other because they are math friends. Uh, what she does is they every week they send a math problem to that group and they try to solve it in multiple ways and send it back and then the same way. So they are sending each other communications back and forth and figuring out math together. Um, I was learning 3D printing and I told her, she sent me something and I said, I have a math problem for your friends. Uh, I have, I had a 3D print that I wanted to print and it had six pieces. The first time, four pieces printed. The second time, five pieces printed. And the last time, six pieces printed. Did I ever get all of them to work together? And, you know, just to hear like their thoughts and, and, you know, what they understood it was really interesting because they were like, well, only if the pieces fit together, if all of them printed, like they started to come up with those possibilities and really think about what the possibilities were. Um, and she says they draw things as a group, they get out like a, you know, jam board and they put little circles to sort of represent things. And sometimes when they get the answer back for the math, it's completely different than how they would have solved it as a group, but now they have another strategy in their bag of thinking of how to do it. And I know for us right now, diversity is huge, hot topic, um, especially in the States with what some of the events that have happened. And I think when we include these other locations, you're learning about different cultures, you're learning about different um routines and that kind of stuff with these different students and you start to emphasize with them on the issues that they have or their um, different cultures that they kind of live in and um, one of my favorite games for like digital pen pals is mystery skype the only reason I hate it is because I have to convert time zones because uh, I'm the worst at that. And But it's so cool to go into a social studies class and play Mystery Skype with these kids. And then you connect with another educator and the kids have to guess. It's 20 questions. They have to guess using yes or no questions on the location. And so after you hear some of the questions that the kids have and then after the game, there's this conversation that takes place. Like what, what does your area look like and all these kind of things? And the kids are so engaged with it. Definitely, I, I didn't. Oh, uh, go ahead. Uh, sorry. 
<laughs> Stephanie, I didn't realize you cared about anybody else's time zone but your own. I, th- I thought you just scheduled things on on your time frame, and, and you made everybody else work with it. I do actually, because I've had so many issues with time zones. I'm just like, okay, convert to Eastern because there's too many people now that I'm working with globally. And I'm like, you convert to me. <laughs> and so like Abbott is like the best time zone converter. He always like can just rattle off Eastern Pacific, um, U- UTC, uh, <laughs> wherever Luis is from, Leslie's time. And he, he like knows them all. And I'm just like, just tell me Eastern. Send me a Google Calendar invite so it, it triple checks it because uh, I get really anxious and nervous about time zones. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, though, like um, that happened when I worked with Anthony. We really talked about our whole thing was we came up with an objective and our objective was for the students to see how poetry affects cultures because we were both English teachers he taught eighth grade I taught 10th grade and we really wanted the students to see you know the poetry of our countries how we would learn about the cultures and we got to the point where the kids were coming in and saying do you know South Africa is having a water water crisis do you know I mean they were looking things up and then we started a uh, YouTube playlist that we actually played while they worked on their hyper docs and everything and it was South African music and you know they had like their favorites and they would be like you know I love this song and and they were just I, I would start telling them about the culture and then once they started to learn the culture they were like that's why it says this in the poem like they started to make those connections and it just made them so engaged and so excited about being and and watching another culture and and Anthony's kids were so excited about things like what our kids were wearing like the sports stuff they were like oh they have nike you know like and you wouldn't think that was huge but it was really huge for them to to sort of see what the american culture and you know teenagers that were a couple years older than them were doing one thing too that that i've noticed especially working with you know people around uh around the globe is is uh Words don't mean the same different places. <laughs> so, so one of them that we had to learn really quick was a fanny pack. Uh, fa- fanny pack in Australia does not mean what fanny pack means here. Uh, but even in the United States, a word that, that I've learned was the word piddle. So in Tennessee, if we say, you know, I was out in the yard piddling, that means that I was out there, you know, doing some things, you know, just working around. But if you go to, and I saw Stephanie just make a face at me there. If you go to Arkansas and you say that, that means you're using the bathroom in the yard, which I had never heard that before in my life. So, Stephanie, what, is, what does the word piddle mean to you? Like, like puddle? <laughs> so, so have you never heard of the word piddle? No. I have. Yeah. And, and it does mean to go out and just tinker in the yard and like, yeah, yeah and do whatever. So that's not what it means in Arkansas. So, <laughs> but that's interesting because the kids in in um, my class, whenever they were reading Anthony, we both did a go formative, and we put our poem in there and asked questions. And both of our kids commented on the way we delivered our instruction through there because it's asynchronous. There's, they're looking at the way we word things. And some of the kids were like, he's really honing in on the vocabulary. 
and some of the words he's honing in on you wouldn't really think about um, because they said they're so common but then he's making us look at it and he's like and they said could it be that it's different in their culture and so they started to look at that so it really made them delve a little deeper Yeah, and we're going to go ahead to our next segment, which is our meme and quote. So Lisa, what meme or quote did you bring this week? What was that? The Nelson Mandela one. I always forget it. Um, Education. Help me. Is is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Yeah, education is the most powerful weapon that you can use to change the world. And I do believe that. Um, I used that for a long time on my um, Twitter um, whenever I had it at the top at first. And it, it, it is true. Um, I can see students that are given the opportunities that they are going to be able to go out and do great things or have uh, less ethnocentrism or more empathy uh, because they have been able to do some things with people and see different cultures um, that really helps them. And mine is, if you're always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. And I think it's so true. Like, we need to go out. We need to explore the world, get to know other people, start innovating and take risks. Because if you're not afraid to fail, then you're good. I was just watching a Spotify video about, like, their vision and their history. And it was so interesting. It was um, learn fast, fail fast, move. Like, you just move fast. Like, keep going, keep going, keep going and innovate, innovate, innovate. Yep, so mine is what sets you apart can sometimes feel like a burden, and it's not. And a lot of times, it's what makes you great. So I feel like that we've all got our quirks, uh, like I I like to say it. Uh, We've all got our specialty areas, things that we're good at. uh, And that's what makes us unique in this world. And we all need each other. Uh, We're all, uh, you know, we're all one like system and need we need each other and we need to work together and need each other's strengths. And Lisa, what's something that you learned this week that you can share with others? Well, something I learned this week um, that I thought was interesting is um, the different ways that I've seen teachers making uh, connections with like each other. A lot of teachers for Teacher Appreciation Week are sending out like, thank you for, and they're doing something um, with one of their colleagues. And a lot of the colleagues here in our county, um, they are from different areas, but the same subject. So they're in, you know, one, one part, one school, and then, you know, 35 minutes away in another school, but they're collaborating. And I really like to see that collaboration. Yeah, that's awesome seeing collaboration between different places. Um, Mine is a YouTube. So with Google Drive, not having unlimited storage, um, I want my teachers to start getting in the habit of adding their videos to YouTube, I think, um, which a lot of them are really scared about, but I'm going to just do a session. So I put the link there if anybody's interested in that session on what that transition is going to look like what the sharing settings mean, because there's a lot of vocab in YouTube that my teachers don't understand. Um, So just kind of walking them through YouTube and getting them more comfortable. So I just put the link for that session. Lance? It's funny, I'm doing a session on that myself. And uh, yeah, maybe we should collaborate there, Stephanie, on this. Uh, Well, all my stuff's done. So you'll just be stealing. 
Oh, well, that's what I do best as an educator. So actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to steal and enhance. That's oh, what, that's what and I'll I, do. Want the, I want the enhancement. You want the enhancement? Okay, yeah. there you go. And I, and I tell them, I said, just, just make it so that it's unlisted and give your kids the link and nobody will ever see you because they're all concerned that everybody's going to see my videos because, again, yeah. we're in silos. You know, nobody can see my stuff. No, share it with the world. You know, I, I made this kind of funny story uh, it was I made a YouTube video in 2012, uh, which, you know, who knew what YouTube really was back there and what it was going to be. And I've got like 100,000 views on a stupid little calculator video of how to use a TI inspired calculator. So whenever my kids are like thinking they're YouTube famous, I'll just pull up my little video and show it to them. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you got 100,000 views. I'm like, yeah, I, I never would have thought it. I've just made it for my class. So anyways, share your stuff, peoples. It's OK. It's all right. So my share today is uh, I know a lot of people out there right now are trying to start virtual schools. Um, we we have had a virtual school here in my district that I've helped run for 10 years now. Uh, so I put my uh, virtual school website on there. We just rebuilt it all, did a lot of rebranding, uh, built it with a new Google site so that it looks fresh and clean. It's vital. Uh, .pcsstn.com. Uh, click on there. My contact information is on there. A lot of the things we do is on there. So I wanted to share that with you guys. And if you have questions about virtual schools, how to start them, what to do, want handbooks, whatever, uh, we'll share whatever you need. So just reach out to us through the website there. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Get Inspired and Innovate. Lisa, how can people connect with you? Uh, on Twitter, I have at L, and it's a capital L, Scumpiero, and I'm sure it will be spelled somewhere here. And uh, that's where I usually do all of my professional learning network. Um, I don't really do any other platform because I am a mother of two and <laughs> trying to juggle, juggle it all. Yeah, and all of our show notes and all of the resources and the spelling of Lisa's last name will be on the website at getinspiredandinnovate.com. Thanks for listening.